So good morning, everyone. Yeah, there we go. I heard it. I want to say I'm just so thankful uh, to be here with you guys. I now consider you guys family. You know, I didn't even really uh, remember or know uh, this little town on the coast. Um, I was talking to my mom about it recently, actually, and she said, oh, no, you've been to Anacortes. You, you were there when you were a kid. Um, I grew up in Vancouver, so not too far from here, and that's, in fact, where we're, we're starting a new church. So it's a beautiful thing that your church has chosen to partner with our mission. And I got to say, um, our team, my wife and kids, we're just so very thrilled that we get to journey together with you guys and do this. Now, some of you may be thinking, why are we getting involved in church planting? Aren't there enough churches out there? And the ones that do exist, some of them have a really hard time finding people. So why church planting? And honestly, I think that's a good question. We all need to consider that question. But today I hope to give you a vision for the church and what we're gonna be doing in Vancouver. I also want to challenge you all to consider how you are being the church here in this place. We live in a culture that says church is no longer applicable. It has no place in our modern world. Our modern world that is self-focused and independent. See, people say that they no longer need to rely on the church, or other people even, because they can just provide for themselves. They can provide for their own needs. But can we really provide for our own needs? Or are we meant to be something more? If we rely on our own needs, do we really just begin on a path towards self-destruction? I believe that's the case. I believe that left on our own, we destroy ourselves on a path towards self-destruction. And we do this as we operate out of our earthly nature, the nature in which we only know how to. I don't think we were ever meant to be alone. In fact, I believe that we are intimately relational to the core of our being. You see, God knew that we need each other. He knew it. He created us this way. And that's why he gave us the church. That's why it looks as it does. To connect disconnected people with him and one another. And let me tell you, people that experience this, that truly experience this, they can't help but turn and shed love everywhere they go. Now this morning, I wanna share with you some of my own personal story. My story as it applies to this topic, but also just my journey. I'd love it to, to get to know one another a little bit. 
So I wasn't always as I am today. I once was desperate and alone. I was once struggling with addiction. I was led by my earthly nature on a path towards self-destruction. See, I met Jesus for the first time in the back of a stolen car. I was there against my will. I was held there with a threat on my life. And that's where I cried out to God. I said, God, if you're real, if you're out there, I need you. God answered. And he did a miraculous thing in the back of that car. He filled me. He gave me a new identity. He called me his son. I didn't deserve it. But in that place, he gave me a new identity. And the core of my being was changed by the power of God's spirit inside of me. God literally saved my life and restored me to himself. But shortly after that experience, I found myself just operating out of my earthly nature again. See, I was was disconnected with him because I didn't have people around me to show me the way, to show me how to live into this new life. And again resumed my path towards self-destruction. See, you need to know something that we were never meant to be alone. And we read this in the creation accounts. We see this in the book of Genesis. Even God himself exists in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Even himself, he lives in community. And because we were made in his image, we're also meant to do the same. We were meant to live connected to God and one another. And if we do this, we actually have hope of living a life for God and others, bringing his kingdom in this place. So the first point that I want to share with you guys today is that disconnected people lead destructive lives. So I'll say it again. Disconnected people lead destructive lives. And I want to start to explain this to you by taking a look in Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. So that we can define what he calls our earthly nature and discover the way forward by what was going on in the people there, in that community. So we're going to be looking in Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 5. We'll get it up on the screen there for you. It says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. 
You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on a new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. You see, the author Paul is warning the church of Colossae. He's warning them that if they continue in the way of the earthly nature, they will misrepresent God and the church to the world. Paul doesn't intend to guilt or shame them, but he highlights the severity of their actions and the reality that their ways will lead to destruction. You see, Paul states that we were ignorant in our earthly nature. We just didn't know any better. But now that we have tasted the way of love, this different way in the world, we need to let love rid us of our earthly nature and put on this new nature, the nature of love. Because through this, God is bringing about the restoration of all things. And this is very good news. My second point this morning that I want to share with you is that connected people operate in the way of love. So I want to continue on with my personal story a little bit from the point in which we left off. I'd like to say that maybe I, you know, I had this new relationship with Christ and I figured it out on my own because we have this independent faith. Didn't seem to work. You see, my life spiraled out of control. My addiction worsened and I got involved with a gang. I started selling hard drugs and I worked for a dial-a-dope gang uh, that brought about all sorts of catastrophe in Vancouver back then. This eventually came to a head and my destructive ways had led me to death. I knew that it was right around the corner. I knew that it was imminent. But I cried out to God again and he intervened again. Amazing. God kept me safe, and a series of miraculous events took place, which saved my life and the lives of my family. And I left, and I went to Winnipeg, Manitoba, and there I got involved with a church called Springs Church. And um, there's where I had my first experience with Christian community and what they were meant to be for people. It was such a beautiful time. I met a guy named Mark, and Mark came to know my story. And even though he probably had his reservations, he invited me into his friend circle. He invited me into his family. He even let me stay with them for a period of time. He showed me what a Christian community is meant to be. He introduced me to the way of love because of Christ. 
So I want to pick up now in verse 12 in our section to the church of Colossae. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If anyone of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave, as he forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Paul shares with the church of Colossae that they have a new identity. They are to be different, driven by their love, to have compassion for others, to be kind towards others, to be humble and gentle and patient. This is his way. Paul calls the people of the church to live in deep relationship, carrying one another, bearing each other's burdens, the good and the bad, as they do life together. Paul calls us to forgive others to the extent that God has forgiven us, even for all the wrong that we have done. And over all these virtues, we must be known by our love, because our love comes from God, who is the source and who is working everything together into perfect unity. Now, what a powerful source the way of love is. We as Christians through the church have been given a gift to be God's own ambassadors in the world. And as ambassadors, we are to be his kind of love in the world. We are to be a family that support one another. We have become love in ourselves and in the church. And this means together that we battle our earthly nature. Together, through vulnerability, we offer grace. We offer grace when forgiveness isn't even deserved. And honestly, that sounds incredibly hard. But the good news is we're not in this alone. No, see, God gives us the capacity to live his way in community. And here's a little snippet of truth, that this is how the world will know that Jesus is God, that he is working through the church. This is how they'll know that he's working through you and through me. Now, my third point this morning is that God chose the church to usher in his kingdom. God chose the church to usher, usher in his kingdom. He partners with us. Now, before we decided to, to start a church in Vancouver, we worked with uh, a church in Grand Prairie, Alberta, which is like 14 hours northeast of Vancouver. It's very cold, and in the winter, it's very dark. Yet we found light in this place. 
I nicknamed this place the Hospital and Training Center because that's just what they seemed to do. Uh, people were healed there and restored and prepared for mission. And let me tell you, they were just, we were a ragtag bunch of people. You had people from every walk of life there. You had people um, that wouldn't otherwise be seen in social settings together. You had really quirky people, and you had, I don't know, the socially cool, trendy people. And yet, all these people seemed to find place there. It was a beautiful expression of God's kingdom. This community taught us some very important things. We kind of thought, or at least at the beginning, um, that our sole purpose there was to run the youth ministry. And, and that's what we were hired to do, was to run the youth ministry. But we quickly realized that our main reason for being there was to heal and to train and to learn to be the way of love to the world. This community taught us forgiveness by forgiving us. They taught us grace by offering us grace when we really didn't deserve it. They taught us how to teach others by giving us the opportunity to do it. And they taught us to worship by challenging us to love people that are hard to love. God, through his church, began the process of healing, bringing peace to our lives and making us whole. I want to take you through the final section of our scripture this morning. In verse 15, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. You know, there's a word for the peace of Christ. In Hebrew, it's called shalom. It's a beautiful word that they use to express in, in greetings as well as when they said goodbye. And what it means is to bring wholeness to you and to the world, that all things would be restored and made right and be made whole again. It's a beautiful word. And Paul challenges his listeners to allow Christ to restore them and make their lives whole. Because this is God's plan for his people. This is his plan for the church. And this is his plan for the whole world. Let this message dwell in us richly. Because it is such good news. And if we live this out, teaching it and living by it, we will live with gratitude in our hearts.
and we will learn to love others, caring for the earth and everything in it, just like in the garden back with Adam and Eve. See, the plan hasn't changed. God is at work. We just need to learn to be his garden people. In conclusion, I believe that God chose the church as the way he would bring restoration and wholeness to the world. But we have to be the kind of church that he intended. You see, unfortunately, there have been some barriers that have kept the world away from coming through these doors, coming into our lives. And the barriers are many, but we need to understand a couple of things. One, that the evil one is at work, preventing people to come into the family. But let us not make our own barriers by living and operating as the world. Because if we look the same as them, why would they come here for restoration? You see, we need to be different. We need to be the people God intended us to be. We need to be a people known by our love. The church that God gave to the world looks something like this. The church is a place people know they can come to and be loved regardless of the things they have done. The church is a place where people are accepted and belong. The church is full of forgiveness and grace even when it's not deserved. The church is a safe place where people can be vulnerable and in doing so receive love. The church looks outward to all the hurting people and finds ways to help them, finds ways to love them, and finds ways to invite them in. The church is a place where people together with others can have accountability and support to overcome their earthly nature and learn to live in the ways of love. The church is a place where people can learn about God Learn who he is and learn about who Jesus is and what he's done for them. The church is a place where people can express that gratitude through service for all that God has done. Now, each of us has a unique responsibility as well to live our lives as a response to what God has done. And for each of us, that varies a little bit. It might look a little bit different. For myself, my wife, and our kids, we decided, upon God's leading, that we would start a new church in Vancouver. This new church would be called Tableside Church. And our mission is connecting with Jesus and one another. 
We have a big vision for what God wants to do in Metro Vancouver. We are starting a network of micro-communities that are founded on this love. These communities are going to be called community tables, and they're going to meet in different spaces, mostly third-party spaces, cafes, community halls, wherever, pubs if they need to be, wherever we can bridge the gap for people that would never otherwise enter the doors of a church. And then we'll teach people like you and me to be loved to the world, to learn how to influence the people that they're already connected to, their friends, their family, their, their co-workers, um, their neighbors, and also people that they're not connected to, but that they would live out this way of love, this way of Christ in every sphere in which they live. We're going to equip them to do that through what we call the big table, similar to what you experience here on Sunday morning, but the sole purpose is to celebrate and equip people. Celebrate what God is doing and equip people with real tools how they can actually go out into these places and be on mission for Jesus. This is what we want to do. We want Christ to be known. And if we are known, that we would be known by his love to the world. See, we want to see a movement of communities that connect the disconnected. And we want to combat the way of destruction and isolation that plagues our land. And we believe we can do this by living in the way of love. See, Vancouver is much like, probably the closest comparable is Seattle. Um, the people are living very independent lives. People look at you funny if you say hi to them on the street. This is what the environment's like there. But in that, we believe that people are just hungry for connection. They don't have it anywhere they go. Even amongst their closest friends, they hardly have anybody that they can really, truly confide in. I love our family of churches, the Restoration Movement churches. Did you know that the size of your congregation makes up the total quantity of Restoration Movement people in all of Vancouver? There's probably like, I don't know exactly what your, how many people attend, but there's probably like four to 500 people in all of Metro Vancouver that are connected to Restoration Movement churches. There's just, there's none. There's a few, um, and they have so graciously partnered with us, much like you, but we want to see more and more in this area. So I'm so thankful for you guys and what you're doing to help us accomplish that. I'm also so thankful to be able to come this morning and share with you guys. It was such a joy. I hope that I get a chance to get to know uh, a few more of you, and hopefully I get invited back again so we can continue that relationship. Um, it's just such a joy to know that you're supported um, in a place that there's not much support.
So we are creating something that has the capacity to reach people that would never enter a church. People like me. And the beautiful thing is that God's inbreaking kingdom is going to be doing the same work in Vancouver that you're doing here. And this is such good news. I want to pray this morning to that end. Father, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Help us to put off our earthly nature and help us to live in your way of love. Father, would you help each of us to forgive even when forgiveness is not warranted? Would you help us to offer grace when judgment seems justified? Would you help us to invite people that are not like us into the family? Would you give us courage to live in the way of love within our families, in our communities, with our coworkers, with our neighbors, and with our friends? May we be known by your love. Jesus, would you help us to be like you to a hurting and disconnected world? Father, I pray with you for shalom, for each of us, for our community and for our world. Would you restore all things the way in which you intended? I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.